0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Geo and Joey show. Today we have two special guests. Free <laughs> Fear Me, it's Bree and Sarah from Montana, right? That's where you're living at? Welcome to the show, ladies. Yep. Oh,
1: thanks, thanks for having me.
0: Hey Joey, how are you doing, buddy? It's been a while.
2: Better than I deserve.
0: Amen, brother. So today we are going to talk to women, two men, about a video that went viral on TikTok about the notion of married life and single single life there's nothing wrong with either but sometimes you can frame the argument in the wrong way and so joey give us a little description about the video we're going to watch and we'll take it from there
2: well like most people I, well, I don't i think like most people online i first saw the video um when i saw matt walsh's reaction to it and i love matt walsh um i think of the movie uh oh the take-in with Liam Neeson, where he says, I have a particular set of skills. Well, Matt Walsh has a particular set of skills, and delicacy is not one of them. So, like, I agreed more or less with, with Matt's perspective, but I think, and we'll flush this out, I think he, again, I don't think he uh, handled the topic with the care that it needs, but again, uh, that's not exactly Matt Walsh's set of skills, um which he does have many but that's not one so
0: like a bull in a china shop, huh? Let's watch this video and then we'll take it from there.
3: I'm 29 and single and I don't have kids yet. Here's what your Saturday morning looks like when you're single at 29 and you don't have a kid running around the house. I didn't rise from my bed until 10.15. Every time I thought I should probably get up and do something. I thought, why? Nobody's making me. I'm not missing out on anything. I went to Beyonce last night and I didn't get home until 1 a.m. And I danced and drank my little heart out. And I didn't pay a babysitter to watch my kids as I did that. And I woke up a tad hungover this morning, which is probably why I was in bed for so long, and I was just scrolling on my phone, and I saw a picture of Shakshuka, and I thought, you know what sounds really good? Maybe I'm going to learn how to make shakshuka today. Because I have no plans and I don't have kids and I don't have a husband and I don't have errands to run. I can go to the grocery store and learn how to make shakshuka, so that's on my agenda today. Also on my agenda, probably a rewatch of some Real Housewives of New York. I'm also doing a rewatch of Normal People on Hulu, which is really spicy and I highly recommend. Weirdly, I'm into this documentary on Netflix about Blue Zone countries, so I've got a pretty stacked day. Anyway, I say all this to say, whenever I'm hard on myself about why I'm not married and I don't have kids, and I should be further along at 29 almost 30 I wouldn't want to do anything else this Saturday I know that you can do all these things when you have kids and you're married and I understand but the effortlessness and ease of my life just kind of focusing on myself and the shakshuka I want to make or the Beyonce concert I want to go to really pays off when I'm hard on myself for not being where society tells me I should be in life
0: so Brie First question.
4: What,
0: yeah, Brie, for you, I'll let you hit it off. What's your first impression of the video we just watched?
4: First question is what is Shekshuka?
0: <laughs> you know, is I like, thought of that myself.
4: <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you making? Okay, sounds fun. Um, I initially had a negative connotation around it and toward it because it left a bad taste in the mouth mel- my mouth because it kind of initially made me feel like, remember that Chelsea Handler video? where she was like, I do this because I don't have kids and I love my life. So that's what I took it as at first, especially with, um, Matt's context around it, the way that he was framing it. And for me, it felt very negative, but listening to it a few times, I'm like, okay, I can give her a little more grace than I initially did because she, I think Sarah, you had pointed out at one point, she's not saying like Chelsea Handler was like, I'm a childless woman. I don't have kids. I love it. It's great. I'll never change. She was saying like, Hey, this is, like, hope is later on that i'll have kids i'll have this lifestyle so it's like rewatching it a few times i'm starting to feel less negatively toward it but i think in some ways it does still set kind of a dangerous predescent where we have women that are like oh okay so if i showcase my childless lifestyle like chelsea handler even if they don't mean it in the wrong way sometimes it still comes across as the wrong way because it almost um takes that like um the extreme self-care lifestyle and kind of like pedestals that over like putting others before yourself and like the desire to be a wife and a mother is what I feel like, but I'm not totally sure if I'm right on that
1: either.
0: Okay. Sarah, your thoughts as you watched it?
1: Um. Yeah. My first initial thought is, you know, she's clearly lonely. You, you know, you don't really make a video like that unless you're kind of lonely. Um, but I think that, yeah, she says she doesn't have kids yet and she doesn't have a husband yet. And so she's, she's literally just pointing out what you do when you're 29 and you don't have a family and kids, which, I mean, all of that is true. That is what you do. Um, but, yeah, I mean, she wasn't pointing out that she didn't want to have those things or that it was somehow bad to have those things. So I think she got a lot of the hate that she didn't deserve for it. And, yeah, those are my thoughts on that
2: as the only one in this chat that at a similar stage in life to her, right? I'm only three years younger than her um, and also single. Um, Those kinds of things. I mean, I'm not gonna go to Beyonce because, but um, concerts, right? You know, binge watching that, like, I've done that, been there. Um, I guess my biggest problem, problem with the video. Well, actually, I'm gonna go with my biggest problem with some of the reactions to the video. Cause some of the reactions I I, like, I read some of her comments, they were just downright hateful and like shameful. And I was reminded of um, when G when uh, the woman was dragged in front of Jesus by the Pharisees and religious leaders. And like, they wanted him to shame her. They wanted him to like, you know, judge her. And he's like, listen, guys, the first one, the first one of you without sin, you can cast the, the first stone. Right. So that's my first thing is like, this is obviously someone who's expressing like real human emotion and our reaction to that shouldn't be like instantaneous cruelty but that seems to be what the internet is best at so that's my first thing but the second thing that i just pointed out is like like she was like ah oh, wake up on saturday I got nothing to do is like like we've all been there but it's like the focus on that in other words like even when you're single like i can tell you like from doing both like neg- now i'm like more in a stage of my life, I'm trying to focus on like, improving, you know, education, right? So I can be the kind of husband, father, I want to be. But it's like, you can have two paths, you can like, when you're single, you can find a mission, you can find a purpose, you can find a community, and like, focus your life. And like, you're gonna be much happier doing that. But this whole mentality, and I don't blame her, because I think it's prevalent in our culture of I'm going to focus on me. Well, that's not a healthy philosophy whether you're single, whether you're married, like whenever you're focusing on yourself, like I, I truly believe like most of the mental health problems we have because we focus on ourselves like way too much. And so that's what I would say is like when she's promoting this idea of like in her singleness, like I just got to work on me. Like, eh, no, actually you need to focus on somebody. Even if you're single, you can, you can have a mission greater than yourself. Right. I think of Aristotle, right? Like one thing I, I love Aristotle. One thing he would always say is like, like, Yes, he he viewed marriage as like the highest good for individuals to come together, but he's like, but also, A, that's not gonna be for everybody. And also it's not gonna be, it's everyone is gonna have a time where that's not for them. But it's like, even in those times, you order yourself towards some greater good, right? So like, if the the sole existence of your life is like going out and partying and focusing yourself, well, that's not going to lead to happiness. Whether you're single, whether you're married, like you've got to be training yourself to think about others ahead of yourself.
0: Okay. Okay. And save some of those thoughts later on. We'll get to a question about that for me, the initial impression, and I'm glad that I didn't see the Matt Walsh reaction video to it because as I read it, I was like, look, she could have worded things better, but I don't see why there's a great overreaction to it. And so, Two things that I want to point out for myself, though, is that she kept repeating the notion that she was single, husbandless, and without children. And to me, when you repeat it so often, it almost seems like she's trying to hide the fact that she wishes she had a husband and children and trying to make herself feel better in her singleness. Look, there's nothing wrong with being single. Um, because there's a time and a season for everything. So that stood out to me. And I wonder if there's more behind that that she didn't share and she's trying to put a brave face. Joey, before I do jump to you, let me jump to the ladies. Remember when you were single, what were your thoughts? How can you relate to her and give us some insights as to what you saw in that particular aspect of her video? Let me start with you, Brie.
4: I never dated anyone in high school. Uh, It just never worked out. And my husband and I didn't start dating till after my first year out of high school, I think it was. So, it kind of reminded me of like that weird year of like adulthood of like, oh, 18 to 19 where it's like, oh, everything's new. I'm an adult now. I can do what I want. And just being single in that time, um, I was working full time and it just felt, it reminded me of that kind of like, I can do what I want. I'm working. I have a life but like that loneliness of there was that like well i've liked guys but it's never really worked out with anyone or like you know you want that but you keep telling yourself no i like what you were saying like no i'm good i'm good i've got my job i've got my friends i've got my social life i've got my this and it kind of like reminded me of that headspace which as an adult i wasn't in very long but in high school i was you know always kind of in that headspace of like no i'm good i'm good i don't need that and it just like it does feel kind of lonely and doesn't feel like a super healthy place to be where you're trying to convince yourself of something is kind of what I felt like from it.
1: I had my wild college years. Um, I'm not going to say they weren't fun because I did have a blast, but towards the end of it, it was, it got old. You don't want to just keep the up the party scene up the, I just that crazy, no structure, no plan. And it does get lonely and event like, you eventually think, okay, it gets annoying going out and drinking every day and being with these people who are inebriated and there's no, no depth to anything. And you want that person and you're lonely and yeah, you want to settle down and you want the kids and you want the husband. So I can relate to her um, because I did go through a lot of that stuff, but you can tell she's definitely lonely and her end goal is clearly to have that relationship, to have those kids, to have that family.
0: Okay. Joey, as a resident single person in this group, give us your insight there and then I'll chime in.
2: So in the reaction to the video, I think there's a lot that the church should take note of that. I think as a society, but I would even say as a church, we don't do well in creating community and creating, um, inclusion for like single like that that time period right in other words and now i don't know what her background was but obviously you know the thing of the things that she mentioned right (laughs) that she could do in her single time right church and church community wasn't one of them i don't know if she had i don't i don't know anything about her background but um i do think that like even for kids that are raised in the church like we see a drop off in like young adulthood right and then of people who come back it's usually they come back you know once they have kids right once they're married right then they come in but like that time period and so like that's something that i think i took away from a lot of the reaction is like rather than like casting shame like how are we as like christians as conservatives right like that want to promote you know, a more balanced lifestyle, how are we actually taking the initiative to do it rather than just like throwing pot shots at, you know, a woman expressing her thoughts on the internet?
0: Okay, that's a good point. And Brie, opposite of you, my wife uh, didn't date till basically she was out of medical school and uh, she was so concentrated in her career, but not because she wasn't open to the idea, but she was focused on school and she was trusting in God to eventually meet her husband. And so she, unlike you, she didn't meet me till 31 years old and she was longing for a family, longing to get married, but she was trusting that in due time, God would provide. And so that's the question that's going to lead us to the next question. Uh, What do you tell a single person? And this is open to anybody in the panel. We'll start with Brie, though. What would you tell a single person who just hasn't found the right person? Because I think we would all agree it'd be better to be single than to be married to the wrong person. And the Bible says that, right? Better to be uh, on the rooftop than with a contentious woman or man, if you want to modernize it. Bree, what would you tell someone? Because you had the, the grace or the fortune to meet someone young at age. My wife met me later at age. But what do we tell those people in between?
4: It's hard because you don't want to say, oh, don't worry. There is someone out there. There is someone out there because some people are called to singleness. I've known people who just have this strange no They don't have a desire for relationship or they don't have a desire for that. Um, Usually it's in a Christian circle who are just very on fire for God. And that's their focus. Like they remind me of like a Paul where he was saying like, you know, it's better to remain single, but if you know, you must be married, be married so that you don't burn a passion or however it was phrased um, where they have that, where they're just like, I don't have a desire for that. And they're very mission minded, but not everybody is like that. So probably I would try and encourage them, assuming that they have like a Christian mindset that your singleness might not just be a season. You may be called to it, but God's not gonna, he's not gonna throw you more than you can handle or tempt you beyond your abilities but it's not going to be easy, especially if you do have that desire in your heart. And it's just like, it's a matter of trust. And it's a matter of um, knowing that his plan is better than your plan. Because if you really want something like for years, I was always like in high school, like how come any of the guys have like, it's just never worked out, nothing's ever come of it. And it was super frustrating going through that. But in the end, I'm glad that I waited it out. And I'm glad that I didn't just date whoever or have whoever date me because none of them ended up being my husband Mm -hmm. any of the people I was interested in or I thought like well why won't God just let this happen in the end like it wasn't a super long road for me as compared to others but it felt like a long road in the moment and in the end I'm happy that it went the way it did and that I was able to trust in God more than myself because it led me to where I am now so it's hard because it may not always have that end goal but if you're serving God and putting him first Everything else will fall into place, but not necessarily the way that you want it to. Mm -hmm. So it is very hard to express that to someone who really wants that and may not be in that mindset of understanding of, yeah, but why isn't it happening to me now? So yeah,
1: that's probably what I would do.
0: Okay. Sabra, yourself?
1: Yeah. So I didn't really grow up in a religious household, so that wasn't something that was relayed to me all the time. But... A lot of things, something I can kind of take away from that is when you are single and you're doing that party scene, men don't actually want someone who is doing that. So they want someone who wants to settle down and have a family, uh, you know, even though that's contrary to what society tells you. Um, And so, you know, yeah, you get to that point. And I was actually in a relationship when I met my husband and you know, the relationship I was in was clearly not the right one. I knew that the guy I was dating kind of knew that. So we were kind of just in limbo mode. And when I met my husband, I was just like, wow, this is how it should be. And so, and I was only 21 when we started dating. So I was younger, but I did have those years beforehand. Um, but yeah, when I met him, I was like, wow, this is, this is what you want. This is the relationship you strive to be in. And it really, it really, it really is a whole different level of connection, communication. It's just, it's incredible. And then, so after we got together, that's kind of when my faith journey really has started. Um, You know, he's a Christian and so he's kind of gradually helped me get into it a little more and realize the aspects of everything.
0: Okay, Joey, your thoughts? Right now you're in the phase of life where you're single, but I'm pretty sure you wouldn't mind meeting the right one. But how do you balance between not forcing it and actually waiting for it, but being patient while you wait?
2: I, I, I don't think there's a simple answer to that question in the sense that there's a theoretical knowledge, right? And that's where, and I think faith is learning day by day to have the patience, to see things from God, right? So in other words, if I were to just look at things from my perspective, I could think like, listen, I'm 26, right? My grandma was 16 and my grandpa was 19 when they got married, right? And they started their life together. They were you know, married until my grandpa died, right? And then my grandma just died a couple years ago. But it's like, I. so if I look at things from like an earthly perspective, I can be like, oh, things aren't happening quick enough, right? I'm like, you know, old, whatever, but, <laughs> got to remember that God doesn't look at, like, we have kind of a linear perspective, right? We can only see this playing field. God sees my past, right? My present, my future. Like, I have to trust in the fact that in the grand scheme of things, he'll make things work, right? He'll set situations. Obviously, there's things I need to do. And I think that goes to, like, back to the video, like, rather than focusing on, like, Am I gonna binge watch Netflix on you know in, like the weekends, right? Am I gonna you know you know stay out all night at a concert, or am I gonna be in my singles like focusing on like how do I in league with you know God's plan for my life? How am I bettering myself, right? And I think that's where I, you know I've got to just learn to f- remember that God sees a bigger scope than what I see. Okay. And I, d- I don't process. I think we all day by day like. We're going to have days where we struggle with that more. It's just learning to live in faith.
0: Okay. For me, you know, I lived both lives. There were 12 years I was away from the Lord. And then there was several years while I was in the Lord where I was single and actually leading a church. And so the blue haired ladies always trying to hook you up with their granddaughter. But I remember being single and living in New York City, which is the wild New York City life, that a lot of people, both men and women, express the desire to settle down, the desire to find the right one, start a family. But because of the scene we were all hanging out in, no one trusted each other because you would see one person in one club think things were going good, and then they'd tell you, oh, I'm staying home tonight, and then you bump into them in another club The very night they said they were supposed to stay home. So I remember during the single life when I was in the world, there was this lack of deep distrust. And everybody kind of knew that if you were going to find the right one or the one for you, it was going to have to be outside of that circle you were hanging out in, outside of that nightlife club scene you were hanging out in. And then as a person of faith, being single, I remember that I had to, and this will transition here, that I did in a sense have to work on myself because I personally had to disassociate myself with all the ways you picked up a girl in that scene versus how do you approach a woman of God? How do you approach a woman whose faith is strong? And that is different i want i had to become the man that the woman i wanted would be attracted to and so brie let me throw it to you you're in that season of singleness and then you met your husband what made him stand out from the men you didn't date in high school
4: one really big thing is my parents um so quick little backstory he's liked me since we were like five. And he was my best friend's brother and I just was kind of like, mm, no, no. And then around, you know, 18, 19 is when I was like, oh my gosh, you've always been here. And, um, I would, you know, cause we live in the, the age of texting and stuff like that. Now that like maybe some other people didn't have when they were in high school. And it was the kind of thing where like, I would kind of put myself out there and I would message my guy friends, but I wouldn't get anything back. And it would always be me being like, hey, 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 and like Mm -hmm. nothing. Um, But with him, my parents even made the comment where my dad was like, you know who just asked permission to text you? And I was like, oh, who? Like, oh, I'm playing dumb because we haven't already kind of been talking anyway. (laughs) And that stood out to them and to me because he was very intentional about everything. And the fact that with all the other guys that I was friends with or talked to, it was very surface stuff where it was like, Oh, what do you want to do in the future? Oh, huh? You know? And it wasn't really, there was no meat to it, but with him, before we even said, all right, let's date, we'd already laid everything out, talked to each other. And we knew each other's dark, like not, well, not too dark, but like the dark secrets that like, you Mm -hmm. wouldn't tell somebody unless you were intending like, Hey, I want this to go somewhere beyond just us dating casually. I don't even want to start dating until we know for sure that we want this to end in marriage Mm. which that really stood out to me because none of the other guys had that mindset so we'd already discussed so much we basically we basically dated as a formality because it would be weird if we just got engaged out of the blue and people would have been like what Mm. so it was like that kind of thing where just the intention behind it was just so much more intentional than guys that were just like oh yeah we chat or oh yeah this that it was very like Okay, I want that. Like, I was drawn to that because I wanted to be a wife and a mother. I was, you know, in a temporary phase of, well, I've got to work. I've got to live my life until I can find that one day. And then it kind of just like fell into my lap of, like, oh my gosh, you've always been here and you've always really had these intentions toward me. And I just was kind of trying to modernly, like, well, I guess my guy friend, I'll text him and see if prod him a little bit, see if maybe he's interested in going on a mm. date. And it just, that stuff never worked out. But the intentionality behind where me and my husband went with it was just like mind blowingly different. And I didn't really think that we had that anymore based off of the guys I knew in high school, but it's out there. You just have to find it basically.
0: You know, my wife and I have a similar story because we actually met online. And one of the things that stood out for me about her profile was basically she gave off the impression, I'm looking for marriage. Don't come at me if that's not your intention. And from the get-go, we didn't meet physically for three and a half months because the whole time it was more of a courtship. Let's see if we're compatible because we're headed towards marriage, not fun and games. But Sarah, let me transition to you. You and I both have a similar experience where we spend time in wild years and then are now in a marriage that's blessed by God. How did that connection, you shared a little, but what changed in you per se that wanted something different, that you weren't satisfied with what you were living?
1: It just, the party scene, it got old, it got exhausting. You never had any meaningful connections with people. You know, it was all superficial. Um, And then when I met my husband, he was so down to earth and he was structured and he wanted that end goal of marriage and kids. And, you know, he kind of relayed that to me, like, Hey, let's, let's go for it. You know, let's do it. And I was kind of like, eh, and I kind of really wasn't into it at first because I was still kind of in that, Oh yeah, I like to be wild phase. And then, so when we first, he pursued me for a while and we finally started talking all the time and hanging out. And I was like, wow, you know i didn't realize how lonely it actually was having no meaning and no goal towards or no goals to go towards and so it kind of made me rethink and i was like okay you know i'm i'm willing to give this a shot and work towards that end goal of marriage and best decision i ever made i mean i love being married it is the greatest thing imaginable and then we have kids and it just it gives your life a sense of meaning and purpose instead of just that, oh, let's get drunk today. And then you wake up and you're just super hungover. You feel like crap. You look like crap. You just, there's a sense of meaning and purpose there. Well, it was kind of on the question you were asking Joey to begin with, like have what you're looking for, like your faith aligns with the person you're seeking out, but don't be too strict with what you're looking for because sometimes it's someone you don't expect. Because my husband, he was the last thing I expected and kind of was even looking for. I mean, I was not used to nice guys or, you know, people with that were so mature for their age and knew what they wanted. And so don't be too picky with what you want. I mean, yes, be picky. But at the same time, be open, you know, because everyone has flaws. So if you have this image of what exactly you want in your head. Be willing to deviate a little bit from that because no one is perfect and everyone has their flaws.
0: I don't know if you heard the question, but you know, you being single, I'm pretty sure you have in your mind what your ideal spouse would look like. What are some of the things you're looking for? And what are and piggybacking off what Sarah said, what are some of the things you're willing to kind of overlook that aren't necessarily crucial for you to enter into a, a deep relationship with someone?
2: Well, I think the fundamental thing, right, the 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 thing that has to be there is not, again, I, I like what Sarah was saying, not perfection, right? Like, that's, if you're, if you're looking for perfection, you're going to be miserable and alone, right? I think that's what we see with, like, some of the discourse. I know Bree's done some really good work on this, like, with, like, the trad, like, the secular trad community, where they say, like, if you've ever made a mistake, like, as a woman, right, like, you know, you're off the table, like that is going to lead like if that's what uh, like you're looking for if you're looking for for a perfect partner you're going to be you're going to be a single and alone your whole life but i think the thing that has to be there is a relationship with christ right submission to christ that's going to look different in different people because different people are different stages but if ever if the person's on that journey right and we can be on that journey together that's got to be there obviously there's other things you know like do you want kind of the same thing you want a family is that are you have the same goals right these are all important things but i think the funda the, the fundamental underlying thing is a relationship with christ right like do you want to grow in christ because i think a lot else can be worked out if that if that underlying thing is there
0: okay good good so as we listen to the video if if we had to rephrase what we believe her intended message was, what would you say, Brie would be the right way to frame what she said that can be balanced and, and grounded in scripture? Because look, being single is not a curse. It's just a season for those who are looking to get married. How would you reframe what she said?
4: So, it's hard to totally judge because like i had to check myself too at this where it was like okay i was harsh and i don't know what her life is actually like um but in a way what she could have done is she could have had more a little less like what what i feel like like Alibeth stucky 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 i think calls mm-hmm. the god of self where she was very like and again it's it's not bad to like hey i paid to my toenails today like you know what i mean have that me time but she could have maybe preached using her singleness for something more than just binging Netflix, which again, it was her random day off. Maybe she volunteers at a puppy shelter. I don't know, (laughs) but she could have been like, Hey, I volunteer at the puppy shelter and you know, I'm not with somebody right now, but I want to make really good use of my time. So I've started to take a day or two for me, but my other five days, I really have been giving back to my community or using, um, purposefulness in your life because if she's lonely, it's going to be depressing to just like, oh, I'm going to watch Netflix again. I guess watch that romance I wish I had. Use use yourself for the good of the world. Basically, <laughs> go do things that are going to fulfill you more than just sitting around all day. Which again, it's her day off, so or whatever it was. So maybe it was just a fluke, random day that she chose to highlight, but if that was me in that position, I would have probably tried to have highlighted, not in a pat myself on the back kind of way, but in like a look, you can be fulfilled too. You don't necessarily need to be married right now because X, Y, and Z can fill those voids in your life until you do find that person and until you do find that. So I would have tried to frame it more that way probably, but I do understand kind of now what she was going for a little better.
0: Sarah, yourself?
1: Um, yeah, I think the only thing she really could have done differently, well, besides not posting that, those videos, because they just seem very sad. And it's, it's pretty much, yeah, just more highlight and say, hey, yeah, this is what I'm doing on my day off. Don't try to vilify anything else or anyone else's choices. Just say, this is my day off. This is what I'm doing. I went to a Beyonce concert last night. Cool. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, it is fine to be single and do all those things. I mean, some days, like when the grandparents have the kids for the night or something, that's what my husband and I do. We sit on the couch and we watch movies and it's nice to just do without kids, without the noise. So I get that. Um, yeah, just, just be transparent. Yeah. This is my day off. This is what I'm going to do. All right, cool.
0: Okay. Joey, your thoughts. How would you reframe, rephrase what she said?
2: I guess I would make a distinction between fleeting happiness and like lasting joy, right? Because like, I I just have to believe, right? Romans one and all that everyone knows, like the thing, like the things she listed and the thing, and the things she contrasted them to like, well, I, I think it's Shakespeare. I don't know who is it that said it, right? The lady doth protest too much, right? And it's like, at the end of the day, everyone knows like, like yes there's going to be there's going to be um complications that come with marriage and having children but like i think everyone knows at a fundamental level that when it comes to fulfillment like having a child right a life that you're responsible for that's that's good, that's that's going to be harder but that's going to be more fulfilling than you know, staying up late and going to Beyonce, right? So in other words, there'll be not that one of these things is wrong and one is right, but like when you, the contrasting them, like I think I would do like the mismatch, I think is obvious, right? And like Sarah said, like the video gave off like just a sad um, Aurora. So I think I would maybe differentiate between, yeah, and like I get to do these these simple kind of luxuries that I probably wouldn't be able to do if I were married and I had other responsibilities and so, yeah, you can highlight that, right? Because there's a season for those things, but like, make sure you're, you're you're not weighing these things as apples and apples, right? These are very different things and different levels of, of meaning that are going to be accessible through them.
0: Yeah. For me, I would talk about the fact that, like you said, these aren't apples to apples you're comparing. And so while you're single, you can still focus on relationships. It doesn't have to be romantic relationships. You know, I have deep friendships with my uh, guy friends that, I mean, go back since I was in seventh grade and to date myself, I'm 50 years old, so seventh grade was a long time ago. And so you can still build relationships or like Bree, you alluded to, you could put yourself in positions where you can find the joy of community without having it to be the joy of romance. And I think that's what the video gave off, the vibe that it's either the only relationships that count are romantic relationships, otherwise it's just gonna be about me. No, what about bonding with your siblings or bonding with your parents as they age or bonding with other community members around yourself, giving back To others. And she, the vibe she gave was, it's all about me or it's all about marriage. And she dismissed the whole community and other types of relationships. Let me get to Joey and then Sarah. Go ahead, Joey. Yeah, no, I
2: actually like what you said there about focusing on other relationships because this is actually something that kind of gets my goat about like our society, particularly when it comes to men, right? Like, there has been like a deg, like male friendships, like, that's something that I think, if you're a single man, right, watching this, right? Like, that's something that our society kind of sidelines, right? Like, we don't, right? Like, if you're, you are got a male friendship, it's just you're either, like, getting drunk and chasing chicks and, like, or, like, you know you know what I mean? like, But, like, deep male friendships are kind of, like, treated weird, right? Like, the, the thing that pisses me off, like, more than anything, is when you get these progressive theologians who try to write into the story of Jonathan and David, right? Mm-hmm. Like some kind of homosexual, like lovers, whatever. And I'm like, you're you're part of the problem, right? In other words, because like men, like, like we don't have that focus on like, and I think this would actually help, right? Men be ready for marriage, right? And knowing how to have like a deep friendship, right? That's not, right, Eros, right? And mm-hmm. I think our, struggles with that. And I think that would help a lot of single guys, right. That ended up gra- grafted graft because like right now, I think everyone kind of recognizes there's a problem with young men. And I, I think they're grappling onto these other things, right. These other kinds of communities, right. I think of Andrew Tate or, you know, the red pill, right. The um, fresh and fit guys they're grabbing onto that kind of thing because like, they don't know how to like connect with other men and like, like a healthy brotherly kind of way. I think Mm -hmm. that's something on in the singleness season.
0: All right, Sarah.
1: Yeah. I like what both of you guys said, um, accentuating relationships with other people, not just romantically, but what I don't like is and both sides do it. So you have on one hand, the liberals and the leftists, they promote the singleness, the no family, the no kids. And then on the conservative side, Sometimes we push too hard and are like, you have to be married. You have to have kids like right now, ASAP. And we vilify people who don't have that yet. Like this uh, woman in the video here. And one thing that makes a marriage work is you have to be comfortable with yourself and confident in yourself to be able to be in that other relationship. Because I mean, it is a lot of work. You're holding someone else up and someone else is holding you up. So you guys both have to rely on each other. And if you don't have, strong basis with yourself it's gonna be hard for that to work because you have no confidence there how can you give that to someone else if you don't have it yourself and so i think sometimes it is good being single like this woman here because she clearly is not confident in herself she is lonely she is maybe doesn't have all the things that she needs to enter into that serious relationship yet and i don't think she's quite ready she's probably a little immature
0: Okay. Yeah. And that's a good point you bring up because, you know, the worst thing I think outside of getting divorced, because divorce is bad and it's horrible, but outside of that, I think it's to stay in a marriage where you have to finish raising the other person. What a marriage should be is two co-equal people with their own independent train of thought and liberty of conscience, deciding to unite together to act as one. You don't want to finish raising your husband or him finish raising his wife. That leads me to the transition, and I'll throw it to you, Bree. You know, what are the joys of marriage that we encourage if, you know, a single person to enjoy once they get there? You know, like how do you invite them over the wall, right, to the greatest club in the world, which I call marriage?
4: I'd say um and not everyone gets married young but this can apply to people who don't get married young as well where my dad pointed out to me like he was saying you know throughout your life when my husband and i got engaged um you will change multiple times over you're going to be different at 18 you're going to be different at 25 you're going to be different at 30 you're going to be different at 50 and he was saying in every scenario like this when you get married you have that joy of growing together and growing with one another like my husband and i kind of got to grow up together because Mm -hmm. we got married at 19 had our first pregnancy was a surprise pregnancy right away. So immediately we were like, whoa, okay. So we are not just responsible for ourselves anymore. Uh, By our first anniversary, we'd already had a child. So it was pretty crazy where we grew together through those phases of life. And that can also, I feel like make or break a marriage. So um, that whole Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas drama, is something that I went off on Mm -hmm. for 45 minutes yesterday because they're two people who are in two very different aspects of life um, according to what they said for the Daily Mail thing that I was reading through where she was like, well, no, this is what I want to do. I feel like I missed my youth because I got married young and had kids. I want to party. I want to do this. So I want to be separate from the track you're on where from the information that we have, he seems like he's very well the track that I want to be on is I want to be a father to our children, I want to raise our children and I want to have that be my life and I want to have more children. And if you're just not growing together and you're on two separate tracks, it's bound to be doomed. So that's one of the joys of marriage is you get to grow together, but you have to put in that effort of growing together and not just either give up or not like what you were saying work on yourself in the sense of like okay My priorities are here but they should be here because I have children so I need to focus my or shift my focus to them and my husband versus oh I wish I could have gone clubbing and thrown up on the floor which was literally something that she said so it's like you have to um you have to grow together but you also have to put in the work together and yes it's work but it's also one of the joys of being married is working through that together and you're not alone in it And you can boost each other up and you can encourage each other in it instead of all right i give up so Mm -hmm. it's just you have to put in that work
0: and i agree with you there you know marriage is a relationship between two people where you have your own ideas and you have to make it work and i remember from my days of being single that one of the things I can contrast now specifically clearly is how much more mental peace when you're in a relationship with someone who has the same values as you, that you don't have to worry about what they're doing when they're not in your sight, right? Because there is that mutual respect. You've gotten to know them. In my case, I've been married 13 years and in the joy and the comfort you know, not that we're going to get into details, but intimacy is that much more deeper when there's a mind meld, when there is a purpose together. Because the physical act can be had with anyone, but the deep connection is improved a hundred times over when there is that mental bond and that love that resonates deep and especially when you have children you see the product of your love the product of your dedication to each other in your kids i have three girls and so that can never be taken away or can never be fully experienced when there isn't that commitment that marriage requires sarah for you what's been some of the biggest joys and contrasts since you and i have a similar experience about the joys of marriage
1: i mean i agree with what both of you said um yeah there there's like a deeper even in conversations there's just a deeper intimacy in those conversations i mean if you're having a terrible day and you come home and your significant other, they they can talk you down, they can calm you down. You have that person to lean on. You don't have to tackle all those problems by yourself. You're in it together, and you know what you're going through, they're going through, and you know you have to help each other out. You get to grow together, like Bree said, um, and there's just nothing more amazing than that. And then you know having kids, and not only do you get to grow up with your spouse, you get to watch the kids that you and your spouse create grow up, and go through those milestones and find their person that they can grow with and it's it's really just a cool thing to watch. And I just have to tell Brie, her parents are probably my favorite love story ever. They you can just tell how much they love each other. It's it's the sweetest thing. Yesterday was that. their
4: forty third anniversary actually.
0: Yes.
1: So. congrats. I just yep. I love them. Mm-hmm.
0: Joey, you've heard three married people talk about the joys of marriage. How do you envision marriage like Paint the picture for us of, because we've all dreamed about the spouse and all that. Like, what would be a good Saturday night or Sunday night once you're married?
2: Uh, well, that's uh, that's you know one of those speculative questions that I I feel I feel like I'm probably an idiot to. Uh, <laughs> to it's one of those things where, like I like when you don't do it. You know what? I, I'll, I'll just use another example. The point I was trying to get across is like when you, there's something that you know really well, right? So, say, like, I really like fishing, right? And, like, somebody who doesn't, right, like, starts talking about it, you're like, oh, just shut up, right? Like, you don't know what you're talking <laughs> and So, I feel kind of like that in this conversation, like, but, you know, I, I, w- I would expect it would be something like um, just having someone at the end of the day, right? You, you've put the kids away, like, someone that, like, is your equal, right? Who you can confide in, right? Someone you can trust, like a best friend, right? I feel like, that should be more the goal. And like one thing that I was thinking about while you guys were all talking that I appreciate, um, because one of my, there's, there's a category of, in it, in my experience, I, 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 mainly because I'm not talking to older women, but like old like of older men who are married, but their biggest pastime is to talk to younger men about how terrible marriage is and how their wife's a ball and chains. And I'm like, this group of men, like, why are you such a miserable, horrible human being? <laughs> just stop like and like I see a lot of younger guys like for instance I'll just I'll, I'll bring a personal example here. I used to work at a place in Holland, Michigan called Tierra Yachts Factory we build yachts and there was a lot of older guys on the crew. And like, they're always talking about their wives as like a ball in chains and marriage is terrible, blah, 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 blah. And a lot of the like guys like around my age were just like super like black pilled from marriage. Cause they're like all these guys that we're hanging out with we had on the job, they all seem to hate their lives, and their wives and their children. I'm like, so it's like having people who are married, like actually talking about it in a positive way. I think that actually does a lot of good for the culture. Um, Cause it's just you- like, Hey, you're such a miserable person, dude. Like, just stop.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that because I also noticed that early on in my life. And I vowed once I was married never to do that. So I never joke around. I actually say, and it is, and I believe it, m- when you find the right one, marriage is the best club in the world. It is. Two are better than one, Solomon tells us, and it's true. And obviously a chord of three, meaning when you have God at the center, it is great. So you'll never hear that from me. And I'm sure you've never heard that from me because marriage is awesome. You wanted to say something, then I want to wrap us up.
2: Yeah, so I I was just going to say something else, right? And it's something that you were saying that I think needs to be brought out because, again, there's a lot of voices, particularly um like the red pill community and stuff that are saying different but not just the red pill community there's also like a strain of christianity right like like theo calvinism which decides to create a whole doctrine of marriage around like one verse in paul one or two verses in paul divorced from the rest of the context right so there's something you 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 were saying geo right What you're bringing out is like how you treat you know your spouse right and there's a there's this like theology and then the secular version of it where it's like men they want someone to dominate over right they read the part about like submission but there's there's the other part and the part you were talking about about the mind meld well when you take first of all when you take the passages in paul in full context it actually says something much different but also when you take it in like in connection with Genesis, right? What does Genesis say about marriage? It's like a man will leave his father and mother to be cleaved to his wife and the two will become one flesh, right? And then how is God's example of loving another person or like loving your neighbor? You're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself, right? So if you're one flesh with this person, well then are you gonna be degrading them, right? Are you gonna be trying to lord over them and rule over them? And you know what I mean? Like if you're actually one flesh, you're taking all of scripture into account, like i think that would get away with a lot of this kind of theobro calvinism or like secular red pill because like it's actually a different picture the scripture is pointing like scripture is saying like i think because of our fallenness right there is kind of an order right men are stronger right, typically than women and so god's saying like yeah you should lead your home but also you should view your wife as like an extension of yourself right so you shouldn't be abusing her you should be lording over her and that's just something like In the context of like the red pill and like Calvinism, like I think true Christianity says something different.
0: Yeah. And let me go here and then I give the ladies the last word, you know, dating in apart from Christ and dating in Christ. It's like trying to have fishes swim in sand. No one's going to feel comfortable. It's only when you get the fishes in the water, which is the water of God's word, and in that world that, yeah, they may be rough seas, but you're in your natural element. And it's only when we are bound by Christ that we can make this work, whether you got married early like Bree or you got married later like my wife and myself, or whether you come from a single world where Sarah and I came from and then come to Christ. It only makes sense and it becomes the greatest club in the world once you do it centered in Christ. Let me jump to you, Sarah. If you had some closing thoughts for the single people or married people alike, what would you say? And then Brie the same for you, Sarah, and then Joey, and then I'll wrap us up.
1: Humans aren't meant to be alone. So we're always gonna strive to find that relationship to be with someone. But in the end, there's nothing like being married. It is the greatest gift, aside from children. I mean, it it's amazing you have that person, you get to grow old with them, you get to rely on them, and they can rely on you. And, you know, there's no nothing like the love or intimacy that comes with when you're in a really good marriage. First of all,
4: I will say, single ladies. Joey just gave a very good ad for himself, and I'm sure his DMs are open, so. Go flood him. <laughs> He's a nice guy. Go flood his DMs. I have a couple recommendations, actually, book wise, for anyone who is single or even if you're in a relationship. So the first two are predominantly for women. The first one would be "You're Not Enough and That's Okay" by Ali Bastucky, which really goes into that whole self love culture thing and how to like. From a Christian perspective, if you want how to combat it and actually like have a proper sense of that kind of self-love. Along the same lines would be Authentic Beauty by Leslie Ludi which is a very similar book that helped me through a lot when I was a teenager. And then the third book is also it's Eric and Leslie Ludy and it's called When God Writes Your Love Story. And it's meant to be read if you're single and you're in that season and you're just you're you have that desire but you don't know what to do with it. But it's also great to read as a couple who's dating or even a married couple i remember it helping me through some of the more challenging like when i was single of like well why don't i have this and i went to that book and that book was incredibly helpful with that mindset so i would just say that's kind of like my ending spiel is those recommendations
0: okay thank you brie joey closing remarks
2: i think mm-hmm. i might need to add add some stuff to my amazon shopping cart no but what i was going to say um The thing I would say, whether you're single or whether you're married, like, you're not an atomized individual, right? You were made for community. So whether that's with a spouse, like, whether that's the season you're in, or whether it's a local church, right? Whether it's, you know, the people that you're hanging out with after work, right? Like, folk foster these relationships, right? Your friends in school, right? Like, these things matter just I mean, I'm not going to say just as much because I do think, you know, that when you get married, that should be, you know, the primary relation human relationship but these other relationships matter too so i would say focus on that and then a book that i'm actually going through right now i think this book like it's it's called the adventist home but it could be called the christian home by ellen, by ellen white and like i really just appreciated like the practical guidance of a, like how should you order a christian home and it's just been a really blessed big blessing to me i'm about halfway through and so i, I would recommend that as well
0: and for me, you know, what I want to say is that ultimate love comes from a relationship in Christ. And so whether you're married or whether you are single, the closer you get to him, the more you realize what true love is and the more then you can give of yourself, whether it is to the community while you're single or whether it is to your spouse or or your children once you have them, but we need to understand what true love is. And in this discussion, speaking of lovely children, here we go in this discussion, we we've highlighted that there's nothing inherently wrong in being single marriage is a blessing, but we have to do it in a manner that fosters love and relationship in whatever season you are. So Sarah Brie. Joey, thank you very much for a good discussion. And audience, follow Bree at Fear Me, it's Bree. I don't know. Sarah, do you have any channels or podcasts you got going on your own?
1: Not on my own, just on Daily Wire Friends.
0: There you go. A plug for Daily Wire Friends. And, And Gio and Joey, we've resumed recording. We had a busy summer. But thank you, everybody. God bless.